0: So all those who are connecting with me across the country, across the globe, thank you so much for making the time. I'm very excited because we did celebrate Olympic Games and we did enjoy the accomplishments, but there are many, many difficult conversations that go behind the screen. We did a little bit of teaser where with my guests, we explored what does it take to have an Olympian mindset? And today, I brought in a very special guest who has not just groomed the mindsets of many Olympians, but who is also a known international player and coach himself. Along with him, I've also brought in another guest who is his star prodigy and has made all the women of our country proud with her former player, and a category as well as participation at many, many international forums. I'm going to introduce both our guests in just a short while. But before that, I would like to definitely tell you that these opinions are completely personal. I try and bring in only those guests who can speak from their heart, who are authentic, and who would like to share their wisdom, their learnings, and we can inspire so many of you across industries, apply the skill sets, apply the learning outcomes from one experience to the other experiences or spheres of our lives. So your comments and feedback through the show are extremely welcome. Please don't refrain if you want to say anything to us. We are very open to feedback. I am Dr. D and it is my pleasure to welcome you all for this very interesting and invigorating conversation which is going to start shortly. Don't forget to subscribe to the D Show and I'm trying to bring you excellent content as always. So allow me to introduce our first guest today here. I have with us none other than Nandan Bal. Allow me to share a few of his accomplishments, ladies and gentlemen. He has captained the team for Beijing Olympics in 2008. He has coached Davis Cup and Fed Cup, and I'm not talking about his multiple tennis pro accomplishments as a player at international level that he has done. But now as a coach, he's actually giving back a lot to the society and grooming tennis players at many international levels and forums, including grooming Olympian mindsets. He has, he has been the recipient of Lifetime Achievement Award, Dhyanchan Award, and contribution to tennis. And he is also the chair for the selection committee of the All India Tennis Association. He contributes and advises very religiously there. It is my privilege to welcome you here, Nandan. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Divya. It's it's a pleasure working with you again. And you know, I still go back to 2016 when we had so much fun, you know, working the Olympics in uh, that was Rio, right? Yeah, that was Rio. Yeah, super.
0: Yeah, I know, yeah. and that was the time when I sort of understood the difference between champions and legends, and I understood what it takes to uh, be an Olympian, and that's why I wanted to bring you because during that time, I remember you had shared some amazing, relatable insights. And I wanted to bring out more, especially with the perspective of Tokyo 2020 to all our viewers. All our viewers yep. are already joining in. They are bringing in awesome comments. Yogini is saying, looking forward to this interesting session as always. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, Ron. Good morning. Nandan is here with me. In fact, in the teaser, I was addressing him as Nandan, (laughs) sir. But that's how amazing and humble a person that he is that he said, Divya, just call me Nandan.
1: It just makes me feel a little younger nothing else. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, and we have Ranjana saying hi, and we have Dave. Thank you, Dave Buck, for joining in all the way from the U.S. Good morning to you. Wow. It is is such a pleasure to see Nandan on the D Show. Thank you, Dad. Thank you so much. And we also have Vishal say saying, welcome, Dr. Divya and Nandan, sir. Lovely. So, Nandan, let's get started. Tokyo 2020 happened and uh, it was a social media Olympics. And I know you yep. have some amazing thoughts around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I want you also to put it in perspective of that, uh, you know, we had 127 participants. Right. Right, who had represented India
1: right. at Tokyo
0: 2020. But yet we got seven medals. And of course, we, we talked a lot about it. We, we were overjoyed with seven, seven medals. But yeah. in your opinion, is that really a matter of pride? Or is, should that be a matter of more encouragement to work harder?
1: A couple of things. Well, first of all, straight away, it surely is a matter of pride. I mean, we are coming from a spot. We are coming from a space where at the earlier Olympics, we were nowhere close to seven medals. We had the occasional medal, which came about, thanks to mostly individual work. But I think the seven medals that have come about this time are essentially because there was a program in place. And no country can ever produce medals because some individuals are trying their best to win medals. But because there's a system in place, because there's a program which is being run by people who are like-minded and who are positive and who want to see the best for this country. Now, to tell you very honestly, over the last few years, uh, there are one or two people who really have stood out. And I think they have been in the background. And I am really honestly don't know why they haven't spoken too much about how much they have achieved. You know, they, one is obviously our sports minister over the last four years, Mr. Kiran Rejiju. And I think he's he's done phenomenal work. You know, he's very positive. He's he's visited all the places. He's put systems in place. And he's just been, I mean, he's been tremendous. Wow, and then wow. to help him was uh, Mr. Sandeep Pradhan, who works, I think, with the Sports Authority of India. And uh, he was kind of the go-to man for, I think, Mr. Rejiju. And I think between the two of them, they have, they have made sure that there is now a system in place and we are now producing world beaters, we are producing medal winners because of the system and not in spite of the system.
0: Very well said because of the system, but not inspired.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Very nice, very nice. So where where are we missing, Nandan? Because a small European nation yep. presents five athletes, bags three medals, but yet we are struggling to achieve. We've got only thirty five medals in the entire hundred twenty five yeah. years of Olympic history.
1: Well, fair enough. But I think we are also comparing a European nation where sports has priority. On the other hand, we have a nation like ours, which till now probably the priority was putting three meals into somebody's stomach. So to come from there, I think to come to the you know to a place where we have now won seven medals, that's a start. And I think we will do better as we go on because every time we win medals, I think the mindset of especially parents changes. You know, they see all the awards, they see the cash prizes, they say. And that's when they say that, okay, my child doesn't necessarily have to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. He can be a sports person. And the moment that mindset changes, I think you're going to get more people involved in sport. You're going to get more kids involved in sport. You're not going to have to worry about the board exams and what if they don't get 90 percent. And what's, you know, I mean, that's always a battle. That's always a battle. And unfortunately, in most sports, the big years are from the ages of 15 to 18. That's where you develop. And if at right. that time you're bogged down by your studies, you've lost that time. So essentially, I'm, I'm saying that if we can actually put in place. um, uh, let's just say a culture for a better. You know, I mean, that's probably the best word you can use. You know, what is culture? It's nothing but parents, children getting involved in sport it's it's no you know it's not uh, any kind of scientific uh, technology or you know nuclear uh, physics or whatever it's just simple it, it comes saturday sunday the parents are out in the club the the you know the dad is playing some sport the mom is playing some sport the children are playing some sport it could be the club it could be in a park it could be but just go out be outdoors that's wow, what yeah. that's what it's about, you know, and that's where it all starts. You know, you don't need fancy gyms and you don't need fancy clubs and, uh, you know, a, a great kind of program. All you need is for everybody to want to be involved in, in sport. Lovely. And that's where it can start. You know, I think we are at that level now, especially after this last, last Olympics. We are at that level now.
0: And I'm so happy. It's a good validation for me when we are discussing and I get, uh, you know, acknowledgements from the viewers so Swati Desh Pandey saying yes mindset of parents is very important yeah and we have Anupam asking us the question Nandan why has India participated in just 18 out of 35 categories at Tokyo
1: well it's very simple there is there is a qualification mark for every for every sport and so if you don't if you're not good enough you don't get an obviously the whole world can't be there so you know there is a there's a very specific qualification mark it for example in tennis which is my sport you know uh, it's 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 entirely uh, dependent on your ranking uh, right. on your world ranking whether you're in the men's or the women's whatever it is and you know that's that's why in tennis we unfortunately lost out on a on a chance on a mixed doubles medal we did lose out on the chance there a whole lot of Things got said about that and it became a big controversy, which it should never have been because this was the one time where the association really went out of the way to try and push, uh, you know, a mixed doubles team in. Well, unfortunately, it didn't happen because the rules were very stringent. And especially this time, the host nation didn't really want any extra people there. So they were trying to cut out as many people as they. Finally, at the end of the day, they just said that, the mixed doubles will be taken only from those people who are already present in Tokyo, and unfortunately, our men's player didn't have a ranking good enough to be in the men's doubles, and I think that's why we lost out. I thought I thought we had a reasonably good chance at a mixed doubles medal, which you know with Sanya and Rowan. Yes, yes, of
0: course. Yeah. That I was about to come to this that why in tennis i mean we the country has so many good coaches like you and i'm going to bring in radhika very shortly who's okay. your prodigy and who's a woman coach herself but why is it whether it's singles doubles mixed doubles why are we not making our country proud at olympic games it takes and we have four years to prepare where is the gap if you can help us understand
1: yeah well first of all uh, the last two years haven't helped Especially for speaking specifically about the Tokyo Olympics, the last two years have definitely not helped. Because none of our players, and I, I mean, that's that's worldwide. Nobody got a chance to make points, make ranking points because there were no tournaments happening. So, whatever were the rankings two years back, and they, they went by what is known as protected ranking. So, whatever was the ranking two years back was used, kind of. You know, there were very, very few tournaments uh, that happened in the last uh, three or four months. Nothing happened the whole of last year. And that was the basis for the ranking. I think if if we had actually gone back, if there had been more tournaments, I think Rohan would have had an opportunity to improve his ranking. So would have uh, David Sharon. And then they would have got into the men's doubles, which would have then automatically also put them into the mixed doubles. We did have one person in the singles. But to be very, to be very blunt about this whole thing, singles, a medal in singles or a win at a Grand Slam, a title win at a Grand Slam in singles is very, very far away. Very far away. And the reasons for that could be varied. I mean, you know, we are looking at a sport which is mostly concentrated in Europe.
0: Right.
1: Or in America or to a large extent in South America. Now, none of those three con- uh, continents are very accessible to us. Right. And so for us to make a breakthrough into Europe, into the top of the 100 rankings in Europe, you need to base yourself in Europe. How many Indians can afford that? You know, how many Indians? And I've always believed that, that uh, most good players, champions, would actually come out of a middle-class family. Not, not the rich class, not the poor class. And I'm not trying to be, you know, very, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to put anything into the minds of people. All of I'm course. saying is it's the middle class that is by and large the most hungry. Right, they right. also are at a stage where they can see the good life if they do well right and yet they are also at a point where they feel that if i don't succeed in tennis then i may actually move from middle class to even a lower class because i've spent all my young years training and working to be a tennis player and if at the end of it if i have if, if i don't even have that then i'm i don't even have a job in this country you know i mean we it's have it's more
0: like a make or break right it's
1: it's exactly, exactly. Exactly. So
0: but do we do we need that kind of pressure for Indian players and athletes to give out their best? I mean, does that?
1: Yeah, us- I mean, to, uh, the way, to be honest, pressure is good. I mean, th- that's what separates the, uh, you know, the champions from the rest of the league. Pressure right. is good. And so at, at some point, I mean, I, I remember that uh, when we were young and we were traveling, there was always that pressure that we may not have enough money to play next week because if we lose in the first round, yeah. And trust me, yeah. that pushes you a lot harder than anybody else or anything else. So, you know, I mean, when you know that if you don't perform today, you may not eat tomorrow. I mean, that's that's a, you know, that's a very, very, uh, what, do we, what do you call it? A motivating point there.
0: So good you talk about, you know, money because Yogini here is saying, is there a shortage of funds and facilities given to our sports people, which affects their preparation?
1: Yeah. So I think uh, to a large extent, the, when she speaks about sports people, you know, I'm going to separate the racket sports or maybe something like a golf, because those are considered kind of elitist, elitist sports where right. you need to be a member of the pri- a private club. You know, we don't have public parks where you can go and play tennis or golf. So you need to be a member of a private club. You need to be, uh, you know, and for that your father needs to be or your mother needs to be a prominent citizen of the city where, you know, they can afford to be a member and so on and so forth. And then once you get into a private club, you know, the juniors and the kids are still second-class citizens because the private club, the parents are the ones that are going there for their enjoyment. So unless, right. we, unless we have the association or the government looking at public parks where everyone has access. I mean, if I was a 12 year old boy and I was told that, you know, okay, you are a member of this private club, but you can play only one hour a day. That doesn't help. Yes. You that need to have matter. an access to a public park where you can be there six hours a day, eight hours a day, whatever it takes. So that's, I think very important. You know, people talk about creating infrastructure, so that's that's what it is. I mean, you need to create that infrastructure with public money so that the 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 boy on the street or the girl on the street has an option of going there and practicing.
0: So I'm glad because it connects to the next question, which I had in my roster, as well as we have Vikash Kripalani asking, how can corporate India push for a larger sports culture? Considering the fact that JSW hogged a lot of credit on social media for, yeah. you know, giving the backing to Neeraj and Punya. Yeah. But can they play a role? Can they sponsor parts like you are saying? Can they give us
1: the yes. infrastructure? Yes. I think the need of the hours certainly is the infrastructure. Yes. After you create the infrastructure, the next step then is to then develop the kid, you know, individually. Pick up talented kids and then sponsor them to, you know, whatever, train travel, whatever it is, but the essential part with where corporates can help today first is to create that infrastructure. Fortunately, fortunately in tennis over the last 20 years or 30 years that I've been involved, I'm seeing a lot of the state associations take up that mantle. And just about every state now has its own tennis center, which is a good thing. You know, so that's, that's the beginning. And now the next step would be where corporates Russian, I mean, come in and start helping out with, uh, you know, financing talented kids, financing children who can make a name, not just for themselves, but for the nation or for that company that's sponsoring them, whatever it may be.
0: And maybe if they bring it as a part of the curriculum at a younger teenage, it might just help us by the time they grow up to, you know, adults, It might just help us to actually shape better. So Rajan Sharma is saying pressure is good, but government should have some backup plan to reward people who made made to say district or state level. It should not be all or none phenomena. That's ground roots uplifting. In fact, Nandan, one of the questions which came in earlier got submitted, was also about that. Why is it that the Indian government always rewards with maybe, you know, make him a soldier in IPS services or give him an honorary rank after the Olympian is back? Right. Why don't we have a certain employment scheme, which probably gives them encouragement from a very young age, which, of course, will take away their focus of appearing and preparing for the boards? Is, is there some talks going on? Because you, I know you're involved at,
1: you know, AITS yeah, level. All in correct. So, the I, you know, I, uh, I'm sure it, it's across all sports. When I talk specifically of tennis, uh, almost 80 to 90% of all the petroleum companies okay. have actually, uh, you know, they, they, they have on their roles all the top tennis players in the country today. So there is wow. a backup plan there. Because these petroleum companies are all, you know, they're all government uh, funded or, you know, they're all public uh, limited government companies. So they, there is a definite plan where all, almost all the tennis players today, the top players, I mean, you name them. There's Rohan Bopana, there's Ankita Rena, there's David Sharon. All of them are employed by some petroleum company or the other. But this doesn't end here. This actually starts where these petroleum companies are now picking up 15 and 16 year olds and putting them on a scholarship. At that point, they can't give them a job, but they are putting them on a scholarship with the understanding that as they get better at their sport, their chances of getting a permanent job gets brighter. So that's a good system. Now I'm not sure if the others, other, uh, you know, the other corporate sectors are doing it, but I know the public sector, as far as tennis is concerned is surely doing this, along with the petroleum companies then there's railways there's some of the banks and i I think a lot of them are actually doing a lot of work like i said we are at a point where we are just at the beginning you know we've just started winning medals and it's only going to get better especially when you have people at the helm who are very clear about their policies and who are very clear that yes we need to make india a sports loving sports performing
0: nation actually that is so beautifully said sports loving and sports performing nation because in a in a population of what approximately 1.38 billion we yep. are still not churning out sports performers yep. i'm having amazing uh, questions coming in but at this point let me bring in your prodigy so that we get a little insight and perspective of how she came about and what sort of struggles and difficult conversations she's had to have to okay. get up. So I'm going to I'm going to bring in none other than Radhika Kanitkar here. Hi Radhika,
2: how are you doing? Hi. Nice to be here. Hi, sir.
1: Hi, hi Radhika.
0: So let me tell my viewers that not just she is a star prodigy of Nandan Bal, but also she's a former Fed Cup player and official coach of the Indian women's and junior teams. She's the only Indian woman coach with highest coaching qualification that is ITF level three. So this is amazing, Radhika, as a woman You've gone on to represent our country, not just at a a national but international level, but now you're coaching as well. And you must have heard Nandan speak about so many aspects related to Tokyo 2020. Let me make it simple for the viewer's sake to bring in a question. How difficult is it for women to navigate in the field of sports? Tell me that. Uh,
2: Well, I think... um... If you see in the past uh, couple of years, uh, women have been performing exceptionally uh, well, even at the Olympics, even at the Olympic level. So, uh, like, I mean, Nandan sir was uh, my coach in probably the best uh, years of my tennis career. So, oh. like I mentioned,
1: uh, oh, I thought she was going to say he was the best possible <laughs> coach she could have had, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> Everybody knows that, sir. <laughs> so, so yeah. uh, I mean, we've, uh, I've always been trained by male coaches, and uh, as of even today, uh, the number of female coaches in India is much lesser as compared to the male coaches. But uh, there are a lot
0: of... Why is that? Why do you think why is that? I'm going to take your take on why do we have very few women coaches? And then I'm going to have Nandan comment on it. Why do we have few women coaches? Because I remember when I was representing my state at badminton level and where I was exploring coaches, even at that point in time, I had mostly male coaches so so why do we have that in india women don't want to be in the sports field or they are pushed towards matrimony what is it
2: i think um, a woman goes i think through a i mean lot of different phases in life so you know you have uh, studies then uh, you get to a age where you know parents want to get you married so the priorities for women keeps changing so uh, that is one of the uh, major concerns, I feel, why they are not able to uh, sustain a coaching career. Uh, so all school. the women
0: watching this show, they were, I'm sure with me, they are curious that after you represented the country at Fed Cup, did you also have pressure of, you know, domesticity or once you made our country proud, you are representing us at international <laughs> forum, you don't have those pressures.
2: No, I think, I mean, I can speak uh, from what I went through. So uh, a number number of hours, uh, let's say, a high-performance player would need from a coach. I think the male coach, especially in India, is able to give that time, whereas the female coaches, I personally struggle to give that much time to, uh, to that player, because it was maybe my family, my children, my husband, uh, so you know that that that's difficult in a country like India, I honestly feel, so you right. can't really keep that those issues completely aside, and uh, you know coach i cannot today I cannot coach I have a child six year old child I cannot be on the court ten hours a day, which probably a male coach can, and uh, I think that is one of the major reasons I don't know what uh, <laughs> <is> on that. <laughs> So, Nandan,
0: first time in Olympic Games in 125 years, I posted on this on social media. We had 49% athletes uh, who were women. You know, there was sort of a gender parity that we saw. How far behind are we when it comes to Indian athletes and Indian women representing us?
1: Well, forget the representing part. How about the fact that I think almost all the medals that came in were won by women. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think apart from the men's hockey team and from possibly, uh, was it Bajrang Punia and one more, uh, you know, I think uh, it was another wrestling medal. I think everybody else, uh, and for me, the, I think for me, the the, uh, the biggest one was somebody like a P.V. Sindhu. You
0: Absolutely. know,
1: because she she came out of a sport which has had which has just not happened in the last two years. So for her to not play at all, Train only, you know, very limited training at just possibly under all the, you know, security and uh, bio bubbles and this and that. It's not easy to go out there and perform the way she performed. You know, she was number six in the world and all the top five were playing. So for her to come out and reach the semis itself was great. Okay, she took a beating from the eventual winner. That's fair enough. You know, I mean, who she lost to, she was world number one. But what was fascinating was the way she came back to win that bronze medal match. You know, as tennis players or table tennis players or, or uh, badminton players, we are in a... we are always playing tournaments where when you lose, you pack up your bags and you leave that evening. And okay. so for us, yeah, I mean, it's a knockout thing. Yeah. So for her to you know, not having to pack up a bag, but think about what went wrong the previous day and set it right the next day right. and then be mentally strong enough to, to overcome that loss from the previous day, I think was fabulous. You know, she, I thought she played the match of her life. I think in, that, in that bronze medal match.
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, yeah. I mean, and that just comes from pure mental strength, pure mental ability to sustain and, and want to and want to go home with the medal. You know, that want, that hunger, that's the one that actually keeps a sports person alive. It's not those, uh, it's not those, you know, cars that they're offered and plots of land and money and all that. It's not that. For a sportsman, for an athlete, the number one thing on their mind is always their pride of performance. Everything else is secondary. So, I Absolutely. think for me, P V Sindhu was fantastic and so were the other girls who, you know, who did so well. I mean, what about our hockey team? You know, when you talk about girls, I think uh, that hockey team was fabulous. You know, they took a huge beating in those first two or three matches and then they came back so strong. And eventually, you know, to beat Ireland, Australia, South. I mean, it, it was just amazing. You know, the first three days of the tournament was a different Indian women's team and the last four days was a different Indian women's team. It was completely
0: different. Yeah, I know.
1: It's amazing.
0: And I'm glad that Kamal Sharma agrees with us. He's joining us from uh, the US. He says equal women leadership representation in sports administration needs to be part of our sports development strategy. 50% of our population are women. We need to unleash this potential. So I think Nandan, you're talking about potential and we need to give this more encouragement.
1: No, absolutely, without a doubt. No question about it. I mean, Radhika spoke about the fact that there were not enough good women coaches in the country. But I, I think there are enough, enough good, good, not just good, great tennis coaches in the country. Unfortunately, they are not getting that breakthrough. But right, I think right. once they start, I mean, I think one of the reasons, yeah. one of the things that we have done at the AITA level, is that uh, is that if a women's team is going somewhere on an international level, it will be the captain will be a woman and the coach will be a woman. It's as that simple as is- right.
2: Oh really that decision has Oh been... it's,
1: in, it's in place now yeah it's in okay. place oh. am, I, am i right there radhika yeah yeah i think it, it is uh, like that
2: now. Yeah. yes yes yeah. i mean earlier when i represented india i think we used to have uh, male coaches travelling with us so yeah. i think yeah now now it's a female coach uh, surely exactly. for a ladies team or a girls team Well, that's
0: an insight for all our viewers as well, because we don't get to see and hear these things. And this is what this show is all about, where we talk about behind the screens action. So Radhika, I want to, you know, Nandan spoke about the mental strength. And at the end of the day, it boils down to the mental strength. And I know in Rio Olympics, Nandan, we spoke a lot about what it takes to keep ourselves strong when it comes to at an Olympic game level. But Radhika, I want to know from you, Give us a little story or an insight of how you feel when you're representing our country at, let's say, a Davis Cup or a Fed Cup. You're there. What sort of pressure is your mind? And especially because my viewers and my audience will understand, two of our athletes at Tokyo 2020, we saw who have brought this whole mental health issue to the forum, yep. right? So why don't we you know, talk about that? Radhika, what sort of pressure do you go through
2: as a player? um so like i think uh, nandan sir said before pressure is good you know so when we play for our country the the indian flag is what we play for you know we don't we don't play for ourselves so it's always uh, you know the country comes first though tennis is an individual sport but uh, so there is added pressure no doubt i mean if i were playing uh, as a as a radhika Tulpule in uh, individual tournament and if i was playing a singles match uh, in fed cup definitely the pressure uh, i feel as a player is a uh, is different because it's the country's flag that i'm carrying but at the same time it's it's a lot of pride and i mean those are kind of feelings that uh, you know you can't really explain but you feel them so strongly deep within and it makes you it makes you more hungry It makes you, you know, want to give your best uh, every single point. So it's a great feeling and uh, it's a really, well, it's it's enjoyable, no doubt.
0: Fantastic. Nandan, let me bring you in into this perspective. We had two athletes at Tokyo 2020. Prior to that, we had another of our, uh, you know, lady Naomi Osaka, who also bailed out. And there is a lot of chatter about mental health give us a little insight about what an olympian goes through and what can they do what is that thin line where it goes beyond so it's a breakdown but otherwise it's a pressure how do we understand that
1: oh, wow that's a that's a tough <laughs> one but yeah i mean when you speak about uh, mental toughness i'll take you back to a, i'll take you back to a match that i was involved i'm not involved in as a player but as the coach of the indian team and we had one of our top players at that time in singles, not doubles, Mahesh Bhupati. And Mahesh was playing the singles and he was playing the fourth match. And we were down two matches to one against Chile. Wow. Mahesh was not expected to beat the other guy. And he was down two sets to love. And everybody's head was hanging down. And at the change of ends, Mahesh just looked looked at everyone. And he just said one thing. He said... Guys, the ain't over yet. <laughs> you know, that's all he said, but that picked everyone up. And then the next three or the next two and a half hours, he went out, overcame every possible difficulty, including cramps and the heat and everything and came out a winner. Wow. So that is one example of, you know, where, where uh, your mental strength stays positive. On the other side, on the flip side, we had a match when we played what is now Croatia. Uh, there was, I guess, it was Yugoslavia then, and it's Croatia now. But we had Goran who who's a legend, and and Goran was playing. Uh, you know, Goran was playing Leander in the Davis Cup match, and he was he was killing Leander. And somewhere along the way, Leander found a way to claw his way back in, and. By the end of the third set, which Leander won, Goran was a spent man. And wow. all that pressure just took a toll on him to the point where he came to the fourth set. And at, at, at the fourth set, he actually got into a fight with his father who was on the sidelines. And he actually threw him off the court. He had him thrown off the court. That's, that's what he couldn't handle. You know, and by the time he got into the fifth set, this was not a Goran that we saw at Wimbledon. This was a Goran that we saw only in Delhi once in a lifetime, but, it, but it completely broken down to the point that every time there was a change of side, the empire actually had to remind him that he had to get back on court. He was that broken down. So that's the other end of the spectrum where pressure can go, you know, either make you do things which are fantastic or just break you down completely. I think this was also at a time which was almost 20 years back now. Over the last 20 years, what has made it... And I'm going to actually give a personal opinion, and I'm going to say what has made it worse is all the media hype of expectations around a player. I mean, I can understand somebody like Naomi Osaka, who's barely into her 20s, the kind of press that she must have to deal with day in, day out. You know, I mean, we lose one cricket match and, uh, you know, people are ready to throw, you know, the whole team off the universe. When you go to Brazil, uh, there's, uh, you know, there have been instances where when they lost a football match to, actually, if they lost to Argentina, there's been a case where the goalkeeper of the match was actually knifed two days later. He was knifed to death. Two days later. So that's the kind of pressure that they are facing with. And now with all this social media, with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and just print media, TV media, everything, you know, the pressure is just going to keep building. And it needs a very, very balanced person to be able to handle all that. The good part is you actually now also have good, you know, your mental trainers, you know, there's, which, it's, is,
0: which is a fairly new concept, I think, in the recent years,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, new concept, but we've got some really good people in, you know, I mean, we are sitting here in Pune, and I think one of the best people that I know sits in Pune. And it's, wow. we, yeah, yeah, we, we are really, I think we have been fortunate to have someone like that. He's attached to a scheme. He's also attached to, I think now he's working with the Army Sports Institute. He's working with one of the IPL teams. Fantastic. You know, I mean, that's... So, sport is not just become something which you could go in the evening and play for a couple of hours and then come back, do your homework and go to sleep. Sport has now become much more. There's the talent that takes you into sport. There's the hard work that makes you excel at sport. And then you also have all these, uh, you know, uh, what you might call ancillary units where units. there's the, uh, you know, there's nutrition, the yeah, there's nutrition, There's sports medicine. There's the mental training, the physical training and all of that. Is what helps put together an athlete at the end of the day.
0: How nice. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Nandan. You. Homi from Abel Boats is saying Hi, I train persons in sailing, basic and ocean sailing. There's a whole mountain of change that we can wish for in terms of administration, government and the governing body of a particular sport. (laughs) Well, absolutely. I think um, (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't think you're from India, but thank you for joining in and sharing that perspective with us. And that is absolutely true. We need I think the partnership has to be a three way now. It cannot be just the responsibility of the government. Corporates have to play their role and individuals and parents, I think, have to play a huge role. Radhika, what do you think? uh, If your child wants to give up studies and just go headlong into sports, would you be okay with that? Because especially in the current pandemic times, I've seen so many parents fussing about the boards, why the boards are not happening. (laughs)
2: No I think I would be perfectly fine with it uh, coming from a sports family exactly. so we already uh, understand what it's like and uh, we'll definitely encourage her to do whatever she wants I mean we I've been asked a lot of questions every time whether you know she'll take up uh, tennis or will she play golf like my uh, husband does so I mean we are just like you know she'll she'll play whatever she wants to play or end of the day, if she chooses that, you know, she wants to go all bookish and, you know, uh, study really hard and get good marks, that's, that's what it will be. So okay, we'll too. support her in whatever she wants to do, basically, and give her that freedom.
0: So as a young coach of the junior team, we have Vikash asking, why don't you address this question? Mindset coaching to unlock a killer instinct seems to be required. You know, we talk about killer instinct. So Radhika... Tell me something, when you're coaching, like Nandan highlighted, the mental strength is very important. We've seen it with some athletes at Tokyo 2020 also. They couldn't perform because they weren't feeling mentally up to it. So in your opinion, how much of a percentage do you devote to mentally strengthening strengthening for your coaches or for the players that you're grooming versus actually the physical fitness and the techniques and the endurance that you bring them.
2: To so practice. I think uh, I think now it has to be a combination of uh, all the things, like Sir also said. So mental training has become an important feature for uh, you know important component for a uh, uh, development of an athlete. So uh, we do I mean apart from a uh, lot of really good uh, sports psychologists available in Pune itself, which I think uh, the our kids are very lucky to have uh we also and inc- uh, we also incorporate a lot of uh, on court mental training uh uh you know coaching while coaching i mean a lot of okay. it has been learned uh, i have learned it from sir himself so you know uh, during our daily practices and daily drills we try to uh, we try to train them while they are while they are playing tennis so they understand the pressure of score, they understand the pressure of uh, what's an important point, what the mindset should be. So uh, overall, I think a lot of emphasis has been put into mental training uh, of an athlete now. And coaches also are getting uh, aware of how important these things are. And I think it's uh, it's going in, in a good direction, if you ask me
0: that's very well said and thank you for that in those encouraging words and all the parents who are listening you don't have to go anywhere all you have to go do is go reach out to nandan tennis academy reach out to radhika kanetkar who's here on the show and make sure that your children are groomed if they want to choose tennis if not then i'm sure on social media they can even recommend their colleagues or you can get in touch with us how we can refer you to the other sports academies, which are shrubbing, by the way. Shooting is coming in a big way in Pune again, I'm aware of that. And there are many other sports which are coming around. Yes, we need to give it a wholehearted push from a 360 degree view. It's not just one stakeholder's responsibility. So Radhika, I know you're having a paucity of time, but before you go, I want to ask you a quick two, three simple questions. Tell me one thing that you like about Nandan. Or you learned from him, that one thing? One thing is a tough one to answer.
2: Just one thing is really a tough one to answer. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, but I mean, uh, as far as, I mean, he was always very uh, disciplined, I can say. Very strict on court. A total uh, no-nonsense guy, you know, when it comes to uh, his trainees (laughs) and his coaching. So that's something which... uh, I feel really helped and uh, is really needed. I think uh, for today's generation, so I think sir might agree with me on that a bit.
1: Yeah, so, but think... I'm also a little bit embarrassed, but that's okay.
2: <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay, so it will it will be easier for you
0: on this very <laughs> candid forum to say what is that one thing you didn't like about Nandan Bal Tennis Academy? Was it too much work, too much running, too much pressure?
2: Ah. <laughs> uh, no, probably uh, keeping a uh, keeping a tab on my diet when I was traveling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's one part which I didn't. Was she not very she, happy she, about.
1: she she was traveling with the wrong guy. If she wanted to, <laughs> if she wanted to keep track of her diet.
0: <laughs> well, Jolly, saying thanks for this insightful chat today. Jolly is joining in from Canada, so we have viewers from US, Canada. Singapore, across the globe, uh, Radhika, your parting message to all our youngsters who aspire to be coach like you and a player like you. What would you like to say to the viewers today?
2: I think to all the uh, young, uh, you know, young kids who would like to uh, make sports into career or who looking at sport. I think first of all, I would ask, like to tell them to dream big, because unless they dream big, uh, you know, they cannot uh, achieve their goals so i think that is very important and be disciplined you know work hard and if you work hard you will always uh, you know you'll always be rewarded at some point of time in your life so do the right things which are there in your control and uh, the rest i mean i'm sure the success uh, will come to you
0: wow thank you so much for sharing it's been a pleasure to have you radhika and i'm going to continue grilling nandan here for a few more minutes before i let okay. him go so
1: Thank you, thank you, Radhika.
2: thank you, sir. Thank you, Divya. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Yes. Keep dreaming. <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Wow. So, Nandan, I have many questions coming in, and I'm going to quickly pick them up so that Divya, can, can I
1: can I just go can I just go back for one minute? Yes. Because yes, one sir. of the things that came up when we were talking about mental training, yes. there was that word, specific word, killer instinct, that came yes. up on the screen. And I think I'd like to speak a little about that. You know, there's so much about, you keep hearing this. We have the killer instinct. We don't have the killer instinct. We lose at the last minute. We lose out on the last point. So what is this killer instinct that people talk about? I mean, I've been teaching tennis for 34, 31 years now. I still don't know what the killer instinct is. <laughs> but, but I will tell you one thing. Just like everything else, winning is a habit that you form. Similarly, losing is a habit that happens. If if you get onto the bandwagon of trying to make sure that winning becomes a habit, you have the killer instinct. And if you don't, you don't have the killer instinct. It's as simple as that. As long as yeah, it's that simple. You know, I mean, you don't need to you don't need to grind your teeth and you know pump your fist to show people that you have the killer instinct. All you need to do is be balanced think you know think with your brain not your heart when you're playing yeah sure before the match yes think with your heart think big dream all that yes it's good but when you're on the field when you're on the the you know court where your performance matters that's where you need to put your heart away get your mind to work and that way you you start winning more and once winning becomes a habit people start saying oh he has the killer instinct Wow, so it's as simple as that, you know. I like okay, how go you ahead.
0: defined it so simply, and I think everybody yeah. who's learning today, and I think this definition can be taken from probably a tennis court or from a sports field to even the business world, absolutely,
1: right? absolutely, or yeah. even for studies,
0: even for studies, yeah. yes. So, Kannan. He is saying, Nandan, I think you should talk about or mention the parents' role in your personal success. Wow. Somebody is trying to hint at. Yeah, well,
1: Kanan's an old friend. Kanan's an old friend.
0: (laughs) But is there a learning there for all of us? Please do share.
1: So Kanan's uh, an old friend. He's been, uh, we've been, we've known each other since college days. But yeah, I think he probably wants to mention my, I, I, I guess my specific parents' roles. So, both my parents played sport at a very decent level. My father played tennis and table tennis at the university level, and probably a little better than that. My mom, in fact, played at the national level in badminton. And so, yeah, and so, um, you know, that's probably why I got the kind of backing that I did from home. So, when I spoke about the middle class, one of the things my, my father was in the LIC. And one of the things that my father always told me was, he said, Nandan, whatever you need to the best of ability, we will give it to you. But at the end of the day, if you don't succeed in sport, you know your options are very limited. So that's, you know, the decision to continue with sport or not is yours. As long as you know that the other option of not succeeding in sport is not that great. But if you take that decision to continue with sport, we are there to back you 100%. And I think for that, I will forever remain, you know, indebted to them.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, if you weren't a tennis pro, if, what other <laughs> would, you, would you have
1: done? <laughs> you, this is, uh, you know, maybe I'm begging for a job. But I think if I, but if I was not a tennis professional, I probably would have been a driver. Because that's the only thing in my life that I'm very passionate about. So if somebody's out there, you know, needing a decent driver, you know, I'm ready. The sight is still 2020, vision is 2020, I can hear well. I I should be okay, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I honestly to tell you very honestly, I can't think of anything else I could have been except a tennis player. Because for me, from the age of 12, there has nothing been nothing else in my life except tennis. So it's as simple as that.
0: One of your big fans is saying, "Nandan sir, you must write a book. You're an ocean of experience and real life stories. Your book will inspire many. I can okay. write your book if you want to write a biography."
1: Okay, that'll be great. But <laughs> I could ask. Uh, I, I think Ame Ame Nathu's written it, and uh, then that, now that's something I'd like to mention here. I'd like to okay. talk about Ame actually, and he's okay. he's not a sports person, but I think he's one of the finest human beings I have ever met. Oh, really? Yeah, three or four weeks back, when Chiplun was down with floods, the entire village, the entire town was underwater to the extent that Amey lost everything that he had all his business, all his, you know, he deals in tea and he lost all his tea. And yet, for the next 10 days, Amay was not sitting at home and, uh, you know, crying about her, what he had lost. He was out there in Chiplun helping other people clean up their houses. And bringing in medicines for them, bringing in food for them. So now that he's on here, and I don't even know where he got uh, the internet connection from, because I know Chiproon is down. But thanks, Amay, And I think you've done a wonderful job at your at your hometown.
0: Amay, we are inspired with your story. And I think you are a true unsung hero. And thank you, Nandan, for highlighting this, because it is going to be motivating for all of us. During these tough times, Yes, Tokyo Olympics happened, but I think whether it's been mind uh, power or it's been body power, these times have been some of the most difficult times for everybody with some natural calamities and of course coronavirus amongst us. So we wish you a lot of strength, Ame, and continue doing what you're doing. And I think when the net connectivity is great, I would love to bring you on my show. This is the whole idea where we can highlight some great stories. Okay so let's just uh, uh, you know people are complimenting your sense of humor and then <laughs> and they are also saying that you are extremely inspiring and motivating they are saying three cheers to ame ame yeah yes this is uh, this is amazing you know i love a live show format if you remember in rio 2016 also it used to be yes. a crazy schedule we were staying yeah. in the hotel working for almost 12 14 hours yeah it was rio 24 Saturday. by 7 almost 24 by 7. Almost, and this yeah. is what I wanted to recreate here. Terrific. So yeah. I have created a nice rapid fire round. And Uh-oh. of course, you don't know what the questions are. But Is, it, is like this one to... of
1: those current Johar type of rounds? <laughs>
0: <things>? <laughs> kind of, but much okay. better. And <laughs> okay. <All> right, good. <laughs> yeah. okay. Much better version of that. Karan, if you're listening, I have <laughs> rapid fire with better content. Don't kill oh, me for okay. it. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. So here it goes your favorite surface to play clay synthetic grass grass tennis good for you Fedra Nadal Djokovic. <laughs> it,
1: it it for me it's Fedra. but that doesn't wow. that doesn't take anything away from the others but for okay. me definitely federal
0: and can you tell us who is the newbie on the block that you are watching out for so we would also root for that person
1: I to tell you very honestly and I don't want to boast about it but I had actually expected Zverev to do well. And the day that Zverev beat uh, Djokovic, I was having a conversation with Namita, with my daughter, who's also big time into tennis and teaching tennis. And, uh, you know, I, I made a little money there. Because, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, Zverev is one of them. Sitsipas definitely. There's Dominic Thiem. I mean, these are the three or four guys. And then there's always someone who will come out, you know, from behind all of them. And you never know. You never you know. You never know. He'll just show We've off. seen
0: so many surprises. How about yeah. the women players? Who who do you think is a is the future?
1: Well, very, star? I mean, very clearly, Naomi Osaka is still there, and she's yes. going to be there for a long time. But the one girl that was really impressed is uh, Swatik from Poland. You know, a young girl, seventeen or eighteen, but she's brilliant. And I I I I'm sort of going to put my sort of reputation on line here. And I'm going to say that Swatik is going to be the Federer of Women's Tits. Uh, she's wow. brilliant. Yeah, she's brilliant. I, I are, love the way she plays.
0: After yeah. the show, we're going to bet on this.
1: Okay. All <laughs> right. I, I, I could always use more money. So,
0: so your favorite style of play, serve and volley or baseline?
1: Well, serve and volley, but that's my generation. Today, okay. if you play serve and volley, you're not going to win a match
0: wow you have to play baseline
1: yeah i mean that's What's that's the way they have that's the way they have designed the you know the court surface the heaviness of the balls they they want to see more tennis and that happens only if you're on the baseline you know
0: so so why don't you tell us one thing at this point to all our viewers and i do know that today many youngsters are opting for tennis would you be comfortable sharing one tip that is given out at Nandan Bal Tennis Academy, but they can incorporate through our show for their children's tennis future?
1: Uh, there's really no one tip. I mean, the only one tip that you can give to budding youngsters is that, listen, the only thing that's in your control is how hard you work and what you put in, because what you put in is what you're, you're going to get out. So you need to put in a hundred percent to get a hundred percent back. But at the end of the day, the one thing that I always tell my kids is, is um, go out and do what, what you're comfortable with. Don't try and copy someone. You know, I mean, the big, the big hero in tennis today, and I don't know whether it's hero slash villain or whatever, but it's Nick Kyrgios. And I yes, have kids in my yes, academy yes. who trying, who are trying to copy what Nick Kyrgios is doing. And he, he's different. You know, he's different. He can get away with what he does. But you need to understand that you're not Nick Kyrgios. In our time, it was John McEnroe, you know, who could get away with losing his mind, (laughs) but (laughs) still still perform. And not too many people can do that. So my only advice is that be yourself. Don't try and emulate anybody. Don't try and copy someone's style. Do what is best for you. You know, tennis, I mean, as much as I say that tennis has become one-dimensional, especially ladies tennis now. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's very one dimensional. Everybody's only trading ground strokes. Everybody's only playing from the baseline. And that's the style of play today. But you you had a Roger Federer who came in and changed all that and came into the net and started winning matches. You know, right. so basically, he, he, it was because of his individual. He knew his mindset. He knew what he was all about. And he used it to his advantage. So if you're, an, if you're aggressive by nature, it doesn't make sense to be on the baseline, park yourself there and play all day. Because at some point, you're going to crack. On the other hand, if you're a very defensive-oriented guy, if you don't like taking chances, not just on a tennis court, but in life, then you're going to stand on the baseline and be happy with whatever the opponent... You know, when the opponent misses, I'll win, but I don't want to take a chance and win myself kind of thing. So right. it's right. all individualistic and that's Very what valuable.
0: Yeah.
1: I think if so you go back great. to other, if you go back to say others, uh, um, other fields uh, of say maybe like an art and we have this huge show that goes on with the young kids coming out and singing and I see them trying to copy, you know, uh, a Kishore Kumar or uh, whatever from the yeah. early days, <laughs> but and a lot of the judges actually tell them, listen, don't try and copy somebody, but do bring what, your own stuff. Yeah, bring your own thing into it, and that's exactly what it should be in any sport. You know.
0: So, who has been your uh, all-time favorite Indian tennis player?
1: Uh, Ramanathan Krishnan.
0: Fantastic. And Perfect. who should we look out for? Who has the uh, you know conviction and mm-hmm. uh, the the you know I would say the grit to make it to the next Olympics? Who do
1: you think? Uh, But right now, the the one kid that's showing some promises, Sumit Nagal, who's out there and he already played this Olympics and he should be around for the next one too. But then we have, like I said, we've lost two years. You know, we lost two years. I think we had a bunch of eight to ten guys who were ready to make a breakthrough. But over the last two years, they have done nothing except sit at home. And now they're finding it difficult to get out and, you know, make a comeback, come back into big time sport. So we may, unfortunately, due to this pandemic, may have lost out on a good eight bank of eight to ten players that we were really hoping would sort of make that breakthrough to the top 150, top 100 or whatever. And so now we have to look at our 16-year-olds our 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds. You know, uh, the one kid that actually has shown huge promise is a 13-year-old boy called Manas Dhamne. You know, he's from Pune. Okay. Okay. And he's... Uh, he is actually, I think about six months ago when he was under 12, he won the under, well, sort of the unrecognized world championships for under 12s in Florida.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, so which means he's in the top five in the world. You know, the fact that he won it straight away tells you that he's good enough to be in the top three good or top too. five. Yeah. And that's somebody that we can hope that he will go ahead and, uh, you know, there's, there's two or three girls who actually play with us in Pune who are capable of... You know taking and uh, you know taking it to the next level so but wow. I, I think at this point it would be very unfair for me to mention specific names because you know like i said someone can just come from somewhere from way behind and you know just move way ahead
2: mm-hmm. so right, but
1: right, i mean right. someone like Dhamne is a very obvious candidate to take the tennis world by storm not now but maybe four or five years from now <clears throat>
0: Vineet Mathur is asking, DJ, please ask Nandan, any future of ITPL in coming year?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so because I don't think we're ready for it. You know, I mean, uh, what Mahesh did was very creditable. He was the one who brought, uh, you know, who brought the ITPL into India. But I think at some point, I don't think we are, as a nation, ready to look beyond cricket, unfortunately. I mean, nothing wrong, you know. Any sport will do well if you have icons in it. And in cricket, from time immemorial, we've had icons. But unfortunately, in tennis, apart from the you know, the Krishnans and the Amritrajes, and much later they came the Mahesh, Sanya. But we really haven't had icons that somebody wants to emulate. Until that happens, we are not ready for it. We don't want to have an ITPL or a tennis league or whatever kind of league where only foreigners are coming in and doing well. The Cricket League is doing well because the Indians are doing well in the Cricket League. You know, they are as good as the foreigners or they are better than the foreigners. Unfortunately, when you bring in a Djokovic or a Federer or, you know, whatever, I mean, a Moffields or whatever it is, whoever it is, you know, they are just so much better than the Indian guys who are in there that at some point, we don't want to see that. I mean, we want to see a kind of competition between the Indian guys and the foreigners. Until till that happens, I don't think we're ready for that league yet. I wow. mean, once again, my personal <laughs> Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. And then now I want people to know you also a little personally. So what sort of food do you like, spicy or bland?
1: Uh, not a very spicy kind of person, but definitely not bland.
0: And favorite motion picture industry, Hollywood or Bollywood?
1: Bollywood, without a doubt. <laughs> Bollywood. <laughs>
0: Your choice of sport other than tennis, if you were given a choice between football, hockey, baseball.
1: Only those three specific sports? Yes. What is that? Football, hockey or baseball? Baseball, yes. I, I, I guess I would pick football.
0: Wow. I watch amazing. a lot
1: of that too, so, you know.
0: Fantastic. We have, oh, Namita has joined in and she's in Oh, and she's is off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait till I get <laughs>
1: home.
0: <laughs> this has been amazing conversation, Nandan. And I know we discussed, you know, from mental robustness to the physical challenge. Yeah. Give us one last line for those who aspire to be Olympians. Let us know um, that it's not difficult, but there's... There's something beyond excellence to be achieved to become an Olympian and make your country proud.
1: Yeah. So Sorry. your
0: last thoughts on that.
1: I mean, I, you know, I spoke about hard work and dedication and sincerity and intensity. And I think everybody does that. But I think the one area where our sportspersons in India could learn. And I'm not saying that they don't they're not like that. But what they could learn from a Nadal or a Federer or some of these guys is the humility, you know, that goes with being a champion. You don't need to shout it off the rooftops that you are a champion. People know that, you know. So, for example, let me tell you, I mean, when I speak about humility and I will bring you the case of something that happened to us in Beijing, you know, we were, we were actually looking for Nadal's coach. And so we we saw Rafa and we said, Rafa, where is, uh, you know, Emilio, his coach, Sanchez? Yes. And, you know, what would be the standard answer that you would get? Oh, he's sitting in the dressing room or he's sitting, you know, in the dining room or whatever. But sure. Nadal's answer was, he's sitting in the dressing room. Can I go and bring him for you? Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're wow. talking about arguably the best tennis player in the world. Talking to a coach, but he gave me that respect. A, because I was a coach like his coach. And B, I was also representing my nation. I mean, that is humility for you. You know, these guys are in a different uh, you know, they they are different. You know, they're just different. I mean, you have cases, you had a case where much earlier when Nadal was growing up and he was exactly the same, he would he's a friend to everyone. So you actually have a case where we had a case where apparently he lost early in England on grass. And he told Tony, his coach, his uncle, that I'm flying back. And Tony was worried that when he landed, you know, he would be mobbed at the airport. And Nadal was upset because he wanted to get out of England and get back home. So he said, whether there's somebody at the airport waiting for me or not, I'm taking this flight. Tony said that when he landed up at the airport, there was no Nadal. And he said he was worried. And he was worried because he didn't know where... Rafa was and nobody could tell him. So he said, I got out of the airport. Not Rafa's not picking his phone up. He said, I drove out, and I, as I came out, there's a football field, and I see Rafa playing with about 20 little kids playing football. And oh we're talking- God. Yeah, and we're talking about a guy who's already <laughs> in the top five or top ten in the world. It's i just going way. out there enjoying football with 20, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. So that's, yeah. you know, that's what they are all about. You know, it's not just profession and it's not just, you know, just I am so-and-so, skill you know, right skill and yeah. whatever. They are, they are tremendous human beings. You know, one thing, the one thing that I, when I spoke about over and Krishna, when I said he was my icon or a hero for me, the one thing that he always instilled in all of us, and I used to play a lot of tennis with his son Ramesh, who went on to become top 25 in the world, his nephew Shankar, who played with us. Legacy of tennis players. Absolutely. And the one thing that Ramnath and Krishna always said, he said, You guys are not going to become tennis players if you start thinking about winning this match or losing this match. You only need to think about the bigger picture. So don't worry about the small losses in life. Think big and dream big, but have the guts to follow your dreams. And basically, he said, if you're not a big thinker, if you don't have a big heart, those were his words. If you don't have a big heart, you're never going to be anything in life. Forget tense. So that's that's what Krishna was all about. you know."
0: Wow. wow! I'm so glad you've, you've shared something so profound. And I'm going to tell my viewers that Nandan doesn't have just a big heart, but he is the most compassionate and the most supportive person that I've ever met. Nandan, Thank you. it's been a pleasure once again. After, what, four years of teaming yeah. up together, almost five. five yeah. And uh, while I cherish our moments during 2016 Rio Olympics, I think I cherish this conversation the most because it was so from the heart, so passionate. My viewers have just loved it. They said, what a candid conversation. And you've been such an authentic leader. Thank you so Thank much.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Divya. And uh, for the viewers, if, you know, I'm, I'm almost at the end of my tennis career. so Somebody still needs a driver, you know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you in thank fact, you very much
0: in fact i'm going to take a lead from rajaram he's saying you must do some coaching to corporates on performance management so i'm going to rope you in for that and see how we can bring Anytime. you to the business world and bring the Anytime. tennis court learning, current learnings to the business world thank you fantastic thank you. love you nandan thank you so much thank
1: you all the take best care. all the very best bye
0: Thank you, viewers, for joining in. Once again, this is your host, Dr. D. And I try and make difficult conversations easy from different worlds. Well, this time we wanted to talk about Tokyo 2020. We wanted to talk about sports. We wanted to talk about mindset. And thank you to all those who have submitted some amazing questions and took out the time. I know this has been the longest show which is also an acknowledgement and validation for me how much you enjoyed this conversation because you continuously engaged with me there. Do share this this show because there's so much learning out there, thanks to Nandan Bal and his prodigy Radhika. They've shared some amazing insights. Share this forward with your friends, family, let everybody have a little bit of a difference in their psyche and how they look at things, especially in terms of the sports field, tennis arena, and the Olympic Games. Once again, have a great weekend, keep smiling, and take care. Bye.